Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, digesting the college football national championship drubbing. Also, we'll look into the crystal ball and speculate on some next steps for former Red Raider QB and HC, now former Arizona Cardinals HC, Cliff Kingsbury. What is next for Cliff? We'll get to that, but first, setting the table for Ames, Iowa action. Not that kind. We're talking Texas Tech hoops as the Red Raiders are on the road taking on top 25 Iowa State. We get into it next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Always great to be with you on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan on the road again. I'd say parts unknown, but I know where Chris Level is at all times. He's in Ames, Iowa, as we're having this conversation because we're getting set for Texas Tech hoops. It's Red Raiders. And now top 25 Cyclones, Chris. There is absolutely no rest for the weary in the Big 12 Conference. Texas Tech is that, as we'll tip it off coming up, still in search of our first conference win. So, man, we are, uh, as I said last episode, in a dig deep portion of the schedule. The team and the coaching staff has their work cut out for them, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do, and and I can you you can you could just tell that there's a back against the wall kind of uh, mentality, you know, just because you just can't you, you can't dig too too much of a hole here. Um, I you know I, I do. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I remember Oklahoma State. I guess it would have been like seventeen or eighteen, and they start. They had a really talented team. They had Phil Forte and Jawan Evans and. You know, and they started out the league zero and five, and then they would win five straight. Uh, to, <laughs> to you know, and, and so, but it, that's going to be very difficult to just win five straight in this league for anybody. Um, but uh, you know, I, I I think you have a chance to have some of your 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 pieces back uh, in this game tonight. We'll see. I don't I don't know what that looks like, but I mean, uh, you know, KJ Allen and, and Daniel Bacho and pop Isaacs, uh, they're all, they're all here. Um, so we'll see kind of who plays and who doesn't. I don't, I don't know what, you know, if, if all of them or none of them will play, but I mean, I think it, it seems hopeful. So we'll, we'll, we'll say that. And, and Iowa state, it's funny because I I'm, I'm sitting here looking at, I've watched Iowa state play this year and I've, you, you, you prepare for the game and so that they haven't operated a lot in NIL and things like that. TJ Altelberger just apparently doesn't really uh, buy into it or believe in it. So their their stud point guard from <laughs> last year goes to he goes to Texas, and and I guess the, the the story is it's like man I can go pro I can get this and and I think Altelberger was like hey man I I hear you man knock yourself out like you know good good luck and it. And, and he was one of Iowa, uh, Iowa State's best players last year. Well, so you look at their team and the way it's built this year, and I tell you who exactly it reminds me holdovers 
And then they added a bunch of old one-year guys that are, you know, because this could be one of the biggest teams that that Texas Tech has seen this year. They really remind me of Texas Tech last year hmm. because they're they have eight seniors. Um, they they they've added a bunch of you know one-year guys, you know, like like you did with Bryson Williams and Arms and Warren and guys like that last year. They have guys like McCuller and Shannon that are like Gabe Kalsher and Caleb Grill, guys that have been in the program for a bit that are maybe some of the better better players. And so – and they play your style of defense. They're forcing 20 turnovers a game by the opposition because they're, there's just length and, and things like that all over the floor. And they don't particularly shoot the three ball well. It just – there's a lot of similarities to – your team last year and what Iowa State is uh, this year. So Red Raiders are going to have their hands full tonight. It's going to be sold out. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I think you'll, you'll get a, a, a sense of urgency from, from this Texas Tech team tonight and really kind of going forward because they understand, you know, that, that there's only so many opportunities and you're going to have to win eight to nine conference games to have a chance to get to the tournament. Man, it seems like they've really picked up ahead of steam since Big 12 play has started. Um, obviously unbeaten in conference action so far with two road wins at Oklahoma, at Texas Christian. As far as specifically right now, Chris, I know kind of the big picture general makeup of the team that you just outlined there. But do you notice anything as we sit here uh, in the middle of January or close to the middle of January? What are they doing really well right now as they've got off to this 3-0 and conference start, you think? Well, they they defensively they're they're probably as good as anybody in the Big Twelve at least this early, you know. And they play yeah. kind of Mark's style of defense, you know. I mean, it's I think there's some subtle differences, but generally it's 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 that that main principle. But they, you know, you you, you force you force teams into twenty turnovers a game, and your turnover <laughs> margin is like a plus seven or plus eight each game. You're you're going to win a lot of games that way because they're not. They're not extremely explosive offensively. They've got some scores that that are, you know, Gabe Kalsher and Caleb Grill, a couple of them. Um, and and in you know, but they they just I think that they play well together. You could tell they're they're older. You know, this is a, a team that's got some culture. You know, they they just seem to have in, in a in a in a day and age where teams are 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 new and you're trying to figure out who we are, you know, kind of like the Red Raiders are. You're trying to grow up. You're trying to figure mm-hmm. out your identity and all these things. It, it seems like Iowa State got to those, you know, answers rather quickly before most teams did. You know, it's really interesting to observe this program, Chris, because uh, you have the run uh, that you have not too long ago. At least it doesn't seem like too long ago um, with Fred Hoiberg and then to Steve Prohm. And then you win two games, two freaking games. Shout out to Bob Euchre. Uh, two seasons ago <laughs> and then you're 22 and 13 last year it's just kind of like uh, you know it's hard to keep up with I guess what to expect from this program I traditionally expect really competitive basketball but again they had a 2 and 22 season a couple of years ago and then they won over 20 games last year uh, lost in a regional semifinal. what do you make of Otzelberger TJ Otzelberger early on in his time in Ames well, he's done a really good job. Uh, I, I think, you know, he's a former assistant uh, at, at Iowa State. And, you know, I, I think that he gives them 
you know, some toughness and an identity. I think he has a clear view of what he wants uh, a team to look like, the way that they play offense. They want to try, try to pound you around the basket. And and he's got, you know, the kind of – he installed this kind of style of defense where there's a lot of the same principles that Mark Adams uses, try to keep you on the side. They, you know, they'll give up some threes uh, if, you, if you're good enough to make them. Um, so that's why, you know, a guy like Pop Isaacs uh, would be big tonight if he can play. Uh, but I just, I just think he's, you know, and he hasn't really compromised with his values in that, you know, look, this is how we're going to do it. This is who we're going to do it with. Um, if, if certain guys don't really see that same vision, good luck to you. I'll go find somebody else because it had to have been really hard to tell your, your all big 12 freshman point guard last year after the season hey, man, you know, we can't really take care of you like that here. Good luck, you know, and then he's playing <laughs> – he's going to play against you twice uh, at the University of Texas this year. And I don't know what's true, what's not. That's just kind of what yeah. uh, a lot of writers and, and everybody has suggested that essentially it kind of came down to that. But um, he's well-known in, in Ames uh, circles and Iowa State circles just because of his, his first tenure here. But he's done a really good job, man, and – they kind of have the thing rolling right now. And this is, to your point, this is one of the toughest places to play when Iowa State is good. Yep. And unfortunately, they're good. And so the Red Raiders are going to get uh, 15,000 Cyclone fans, uh, you know, in the building tonight. What do you make of, because it really strikes me as uh, interesting and somewhat um, entertaining, that you say that he doesn't quite buy in uh, to the NIL aspect, do you, do you know of a coach that's not buying in and, and having success? I know he's got a top 25 team right now. Well, can you just be a guy that says no thanks to that in this day and age? I, I, I think that they're just not going to major in it. And again, that's kind of just yeah. the word you get. He just, you know, what one, one I, I think I'm not sure that Iowa State can roll that way. Okay, so that, that yeah. may be part of it. I just don't know if they can really get involved at, at the level that some schools are just because, you know, that they, they, they don't really have it like that from, a, you know, where, where they're located and from a, a, a donor base yeah. that maybe not is willing to, to pony up. I'm not sure, but I just uh, – you, you, you hear repeatedly – that he just, man, we're just not really gonna. And, and I think, I think some of their guys are getting something. Don't, don't mistake what I'm saying. I just don't think he's all in uh, yeah. with it. And, and, and we'll see if it works or if it doesn't, because I mean, it, at some point it's going to cost you getting players, you know, I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. But I think he's figured out a way to go get some second tier transfers. I mean, cause they, they've added, they added an Eastern Kentucky transfer. They added some, like a St. Bonaventure pair of players uh, on their team. they So they went and got the guys that they were kind of second-tier guys. And that's why, it, it, again, it reminds me of, of like the Davion Warrens and the Adonis Arms. I mean, it's not th – yeah. these guys were not ever, you know, people that everybody – but they evaluated correctly, and it, it's clear that their pieces are working. And they had enough of a, a nucleus coming back that you you added to it that their culture remained intact. That's really interesting. And, yeah, those guys worked out pretty well for Texas Tech that you just mentioned uh, right there a season ago. Before we move away from the basketball conversation, Chris, I, I feel like – tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm detecting what sounds like more optimism in your voice for the injured trio of Red Raiders. Maybe not all three, but is there one you're feeling better about? Has this been a change over the last 24 to 48 hours, or am I just delirious? 
Well, I, I mean, I, I am more optimistic. I just don't know, you know, I, I don't know what that looks like. Uh, but the, the fact that they're all here, okay, yeah. is, is, is a positive. Um, and I, I, you know, I think it's up to, uh, you know, with, with pop, I think the fact that he's allowed to travel and all those things, I mean, that's, uh, that's certainly a positive when he's dealing with a head, a head issue, I'm guessing a concussion and things like that. Um, and then, and then with, with Bacho, he may be, you know, compromised a bit because he's got, you know, uh, an issue with that hand. And when we saw that brace on his hand against, uh, uh, against Oklahoma. And so he may, and it's a shooting hand, you know, just so we're clear. So he may not be able to, if he's able to play, he may not be able to play the way we're used to because he may not be as effective offensively. But again, these guys playing versus not, I'll take it 10 out of 10 times if that's what you get. So we'll see. And, sure. and then KJ Allen, um, you know, uh, is, you know, may, may a possibility. So, and I go back to last year when, when we were here, uh, you know, KJ Allen, you know, he played 15, 17 minutes. It was the most he played to that point in the season and he did pretty well. Uh, so, uh, don't don't discount him being able to help you and help you quite a bit if he's able to to get some run tonight. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Uh, I wish I knew if you were one for three, two for three, or three for three on the availability there, but we may not know until right before the game. It's just absurd. We're talking about well, we could go one for three on injuries, and that'd be a pretty good batting <laughs> average for getting guys back on the yeah. floor. And it's also absurd that when you're talking about Bacho's hand or wrist or whatever, I'm sitting here thinking. Okay, wait, what was the injury originally? Wasn't it a lower extreme? And all the, I mean, there's just so much to keep up with, uh, unfortunately, as far as some bad injury luck. But maybe some things turning in the right direction. Either way, you need a superhuman, I shouldn't say superhuman, but above and beyond effort uh, tonight in Ames, Iowa. If you're expecting to have a chance to win this game, be there within striking distance in the final few minutes. And Chris Level will be there courtside. To take it all in, we'll digest it on tomorrow's episode for better or worse as the Red Raiders and Cyclones clash from Hilton Coliseum in Ames, Iowa. All right, we're stepping away from hoops. Coming up next, we're getting into football, professional and college, because before we get to what went down at SoFi Stadium <laughs> with the Georgia Bulldogs and the Texas Christian Horn Frogs. And a general recap and a look ahead to 2023, could Texas Tech be a preseason top 25 team? Huh? And what does that mean for the program? We'll get into all that coming up, but first, we're taking a peek into the National Football League and more so the crystal ball future of our buddy Cliff Kingsbury. It will no longer include being the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. We know that for sure. But what's next, we'll discuss coming up ahead on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat? I know you are, but you also don't want all the fat, all the calories. Then that means Built Bar is what you got to try. Just getting through the holidays. You know, some of you out there are probably thinking, I need to eat a little healthier this year. If you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then Built Bar is just the thing for you with built healthy is actually tasty so delicious you won't think they're good for you perfect for fulfilling that new year's resolution what makes them so good for starters covered in 100 real chocolate that's right real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors churro 
coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, just to name a few. Not sure how Built Bar does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better, they're healthy. They're good for you. Good for the whole family. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. You were blown away by that other bar that had 9 grams of protein. We're talking 17 here with Built Bar. <laughs> You don't need to wait around to get a box either. We've been telling you for a while to order your Built Bars at Built.com. But right now, your local Walmart or Sam's Club is where you can get Built Bar. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today or walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro you can thank me later or just swing on by and share a built bar you got it it's locked on texas tech with chris level i'm casey cowan coming to you from out west of the 100th meridian where it's really going down in the great state tech hoops on the road outside of texas that's where chris is Joining us from Ames, Iowa, as we were preparing just a moment ago for Red Raiders and Cyclones. Red Raiders always on the brain, of course, on Locked On Texas Tech. And was disappointed to see this week, former Red Raider Cliff Kingsbury's era in Phoenix come to an end. Uh, Cliff has been fired as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, was less than a year ago. Uh, he signed a contract extension with the franchise, but... Uh, Chris, I, I have no doubt that Cliff will land on his feet. Last time that he was let go from a job, he became a head coach in the National Football League. He's let go from this job. So I don't know if like U.S. Attorney General is coming up next for him or what exactly <laughs> is, is to come on the list. But I still see him within the world of football, I think. I'm curious what you see in the crystal ball and general thoughts on Cliff Kingsbury's first shot as a head coach in the NFL coming to an end. Yeah. You know, he, uh, he, he did a good job uh, at, at some points there in Arizona. I, I think, you know, there was, you know, it, 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 and then it's just difficult in the NFL to kind of sustain it, especially when, you know, your quarterback is dinged up or whenever you don't, I mean, cause the, I think ultimately what, what undoes the situation for him in Arizona is that, I mean, a lot of suggestion out there that he and Kyler Murray don't get along, and if if there's any truth to that, the the the, the player usually wins, especially when you mention contract extension. The player's got you know two hundred million or whatever it is left on a contract, and you've got fifteen million left. You know, usually the if, if it's just to the point of no return, the player's going to win. And so I don't know how much truth there's just not a lot of people that have good things to say about Kyler Murray, but I, I think, uh, I think Cliff will be fine. Um, at, at some level, I do think that, you know, there's already rumors about him maybe joining the Rams, uh, as OC. I think NFL OC is really would be his ideal, you know, job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, look, he, he's well off. I mean, you mentioned that he just got a brand new contract. So, I'm I'm just going to estimate that that's somewhere between ten and twenty million that he's owed, uh, you know, to go away so he can 
he, he financially, he can take some time off. He can wait for, you know, the right spot. He can decide, Hey, I want to live somewhere where it's warm or I can, I can go back to college and be an OC. I can, you know, he can, I can go do TV. I can do nothing. I mean, he's got, you know, be able to, to pick and choose kind of what he wants to do. But the, the Rams, uh, that, that was rumored almost immediately. And I know he's got a good relationship with Sean McVay. Uh, and I think, you know, that I could see them kind of, you know, teaming up and everything like that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of what, uh, what, what the future holds. But um, I, I just think that, I mean, and if you followed their team this year, and, and oh my God. no fault of his own, but they had injuries. The, the the general manager steps away because of a health issue. They had a an offensive line coach, uh, the former UTEP head coach that was on the staff, <laughs> get arrested in Mexico. Ooh. I mean, I mean, it, it, it was just a circus. Uh, Wait, was that his plane they were shooting at when it was trying to take off? <laughs> I saw some I mean, news about an arrest in Mexico. I didn't yeah. know it was Cliff's O-line coach. Yeah. <laughs> right, like right out of a scene of a movie. I mean, so, I mean, it, it was just one of those, you know. And then, the, like, if you even go back to before the season and it was like the Kyler Murray contract gets done and they put the video game clause in there. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, it just, you know, th- this was just a bizarre you know, like last year. And so it doesn't surprise me that they're going to start over with a new head coach and a new general manager just to kind of hit the reset button. So we'll, we'll see. I, I bet Cliff will be just fine. I, I would imagine. So I, I saw that, uh, I think this is from Adam Schefter, that the Arizona Cardinals, Chris, have still never had a head coach, not one, last longer than six years while they've existed for over 100 <laughs> which is something that maybe shouldn't be surprising, but still stuck out to me a bit. Uh, trying to right the ship with the Arizona Cardinals has uh, never been any small task. You know, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but even at the time that Cliff Kingsbury uh, kind of anchored himself to Kyler Murray, I had no clue why. I don't know why anyone would ever want uh, what now is, by the way, been proven to be a high-maintenance one, but – just in general, a midget dual threat quarterback in the National Football League. <laughs> what in the world are you thinking as far as the way that's going to go? I thought that was, well, it, it proved, in my opinion, to be his biggest mistake of all. And it was like the very first mistake. But I kind of figured, I guess, in the, over the next couple of seasons, I, I thought I saw some really good things from Coach Kingsbury in that he was investing in more so like a physical kind of offense ground game and some defensive priorities. And I thought, all right, well, here's some ingredients uh, for a recipe that equals winning football. And there was a little bit of traction there, but I don't know how you feel about it. I just, I've got no use in general for dual threat quarterbacks in the national football league. There's like two on the Mount Rushmore of exceptions in my, you know, purview. And that's, Michael Vick and possibly Lamar Jackson, I guess. Um, but they're very, very, very rare uh, as far as it actually working out, staying healthy and things like that. But in my opinion, I, I thought Kyler Murray was the biggest mistake and, and I guess the first mistake uh, that he made. Do you see something similar or what do well, you think ultimately was the downfall? Yeah, and I, I can't remember. You know, they had the number one pick that year and I can't remember uh, who the other choices are, but I knew they needed a. 
a quarterback. I think they had, uh, you know, Josh Rosen was yeah. a mistake that, that that franchise had made, I think, a year or two before. And unfortunately, man, that like you 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 pick from what what is available, and I can't remember who the who the second or third quarterback picked in that draft was, but you know that it, it, if you don't have anybody decent at that position, you're you're hosed. I mean that that's unfortunately you know the way it goes because the coach can have nothing to do with it. The general manager can be like, man, we took the best guy that was there this particular year, and we needed one, and. You know, it's just like that, 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 that's what decides your fate. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I think if, if, if Collar would have been better and stayed healthy and maybe they got along better, I mean, I probably having a different conversation here. But, um, there's a lot of people around the league that, that are fans of his ability. Then there's a lot of people that don't think he can succeed long term. But, uh, but you're, 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 you're right in that, you know, the Josh Allens, the Justin Herberts, the, I mean, you know, the Patrick Mahomes is, I mean, there's, there's a hand, you know, Joe Burrow, there's a handful of young quarterbacks that don't necessarily major in the run. And, and he, you know, I mean, I think there's the, all those guys that I just mentioned, they'll all use their legs, certainly, but sure. it's, it's tricky trying to keep guys healthy, you know, and, and heck, I think Kyler Murray's the injury this year was a non-contact. Uh, I think he just kind of, you know, his, his knee just kind of went, uh, you know, and he wasn't around anybody at the time when he just made a cut. So, you know, no, no telling there, but, uh, but I, I hope, uh, you know, I don't know what Cliff's next move will do or how quickly it'll, it'll happen, but, uh, he's going to be just fine. Yeah. I, I have no doubt about that. I just, you know, someday whenever, uh, the pansies that hate football, that run football, uh, totally remove defense from the game, then yeah, the college dual threat video game quarterback will probably have a more extended and successful <laughs> stay in the National Football League. But even with all they've done to try to take defense out of football, still to this day, you can count them on one hand, the guys that have really sustained prolonged success while still really truly being dual threat quarterbacks, not guys that just improvise here or there, but truly dual threat quarterbacks. And that has to be a part of what they do in the game to be the, be at their best, I guess, um, as the player that they are. And I, I certainly view Kyler Murray uh, as that kind of player. And regardless of those physical things, what's going on between the years? You know, I mean, to think about a guy like that also maybe being a diva, high-maintenance gamer, Call of Duty dork, whatever he is, I don't know. That's just a whole other game to deal with. So congratulations to Cliff Kingsbury for – getting paid to get the hell out of that situation. And I do think, Chris, uh, NFL OC is a place that he can be very, very comfortable for an extended period of time. But uh, who knows what the long-term aspirations are. Wishing him the best either way. All right, we're wrapping it up. Coming up next, sticking with a football conversation, but we're back to the college gridiron. Some thoughts on the national championship slaughter and thoughts on looking ahead to 2023. Is it possible that in Lubbock, Texas, America, there could be a preseason top 25 football team? We'll ponder such things. Kevin, up next on Locked on Texas Tech. Back at it on Locked On at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, YouTube, or anywhere you get podcasts is where you can find us each weekday. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. Chris Level joining us from Ames, Iowa, as he's getting ready for Red Raiders 
and Cyclones on the hardwood. We saw college football's season come to an end, Chris, with an absolute thumping of the Horned Frogs of Texas Christian by the Georgia Bulldogs. And now we begin to kind of process what we saw this season and, and look ahead to 2023. I know it had to do a Chris Level body good to see the people in purple take it on the chin like they did in Los Angeles. Wow, that had to be beyond what you even could have imagined. I don't, I don't think any, I'm still, I mean, I can't <laughs> believe that. I mean, I, I thought, you, in, in fact, I told you that I thought Georgia would win, but I thought TC would keep it, you know, competitive and it, it would be close. You'd put a scare into the Bulldogs and that was just, I don't know what that was. That, that was a historic beatdown that, I mean, there's never been a, a, a wider point differential in a bowl game ever before. <laughs> And I think uh, I think I even saw that the NFL, you know, that the 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 biggest Super Bowl blowout or whatever was back in 1940, and it involved the Chicago Bears. And that's kind of I mean, th- this was a historic beatdown. Any other way you want to slice it, I mean, I mean they they it was 188 total yards to like 500 and 500 plus. I mean, Quentin John. <laughs> here, here was the here was the crazy thing. Quentin Johnson had one catch for three yards in that game. And that, that really tells you all you need to know. I mean, Georgia just said, not tonight, man, not, not doing it. Uh, but that, that was just, uh, and, and, and I, I, I think that, you know, the big 12 was, is gonna, you know, or really every other league, you know, you kind <clears> of <throat> get, get, get pointed at and say, see, you can't compete with the SEC. And, you know, th- this is what we've been talking about. But, but last night is is the poster child of examples of if somebody wants to play that card and, and, and point to it because it was just, it just looked like an exhibition. I mean, it, it didn't, I mean, I, I, was, I just couldn't believe what I saw. But TCU just got blown out on the biggest of stages uh it 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 reminded me of uh oklahoma texas tech back in 08 it reminded me of the red raiders against usc and the cotton bowl back in the what was that 94 all right all right all right this is about the frogs (laughs) enough red raider memory (laughs) but i mean but and, and and those were those were not you know i mean this was for the whole thing. The and whole you thing. Just, yeah. You just, I mean, you just got embarrassed. So um, I just was expecting a lot more fight and a lot closer of a game. But make no mistake, we clearly know who the best team in the country is. There is no debate. I can only imagine what Ohio State feels uh, after shaking that field goal. Uh, because, I mean, they were right there with Georgia. And sometimes it's like the Final Four or like one of those NCAA tournaments when you see a basketball team like, that's really good and they survive a scare, you know, and they, you know, they, they get past a team that almost beats them and then they come back and they're like, okay, yep. now we're locked in, we're back on track. And that's kind of what, you know, what I guess that Ohio State game did for the Georgia Bulldogs because Kirby Smart, man, I mean, they he had those guys – and he said it, hey, I, we're, my boys are ready to hunt. And, boy, they, they killed about 110 frogs uh, last night. Yeah, you limited out in the first quarter and kept shooting. I don't know if that's legal, but it is Los <laughs> Angeles after all, so who cares? Uh, hey, by the way, I was making fun of a, a roofed stadium that has experienced a no lightning roof. delay yesterday. <laughs> and what did we see? 
we saw a roof stadium with the upper deck of mostly frog fans being rained on. <laughs> so yes. I'm telling you, man, SoFi Stadium, it's got a bag of tricks. There's no doubt about that. I, uh, good grief. I just think, you know, a lot of people want a theory of transitive properties to always be in place. And it's just a fool's errand because people will say, Oh, well, Ohio state, what would they have done? Well, what did Ohio state do at home against Michigan? And what did Texas Christian do to Michigan? And what yeah. does that mean for the big 10? Does that mean that if Michigan played a big 12 schedule, they would have been three and nine. Very likely. I think that's exactly what that would mean. Uh, but either way, it was a clubbing of epic proportion i uh i don't think it takes anything away from what texas christian did within their season but yeah when you got something as different as that not just a loss but an all-time historic kind of uh record-breaking loss you're not gonna forget that uh chris as we move away from this season i know you're already seeing some of this and i have as well some way too early uh top 25 projections which is now just the moniker that everybody goes with um that include Joey McGuire and his Texas Tech Red Raiders. Are you, uh, I don't know, expect maybe is too wrong of a word, but would that be appropriate when it comes to Texas Tech being a preseason top 25 team next year? Are you expecting that, or is it just kind of one of many possibilities, I guess, floating around? Man, I, I you know, and I hate to do this to myself, but no, I absolutely expect it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be shocked. If you are not uh, ranked, you know, in the thick of the top 25 next year, I think mm-hmm. that that's just where you're at uh, based on what you have coming back, based on what what so many other programs lose. And I think you'll 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 be interested to follow like the TCU situation over the next you know couple of days because they've there's some decisions for for from them that they've got to make rather quickly. And while I expect TCU to be really good. Next year, I mean, no Duggan, no Quentin Johnston. I mean, you know, the, 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 you'll see, you know, because they, they just had kind of a once-in-a-lifetime type season, and you can talk about trying to come back. What, what's crazy about TCU is that they, they won the Fiesta Bowl, but they're not Big 12 champs. They're not national champs. Um, you know, it's crazy. You know, they lost two of their last three games, but it was a once-in-a-lifetime season. So I think their roster will, will really take some hits and – uh, we'll we'll follow that, but I mean, uh, but from the Red Raiders standpoint, I mean, you you look at I, I think that there's going to be four teams that get a lot of respect and a lot of uh, discussion uh, as we start to see some of these polls come out over the the coming days, and then obviously well into the summer uh, because you're I mean, and again, you just added to your roster uh, again uh, last night. We'll talk about that maybe on tomorrow's show about another addition to your roster, but. Um, you, you, you'll see, I think TCU, Texas Tech, Kansas State, and probably Texas be discussed in a, in a group of, of kind of the expectations. But I think the Red Raiders, I mean, we've already seen Brett McMurphy had the Red Raiders 14th in a preseason top 25 poll for, for next year. Uh, and I, I, I just think that there's going to be a sweet spot there to where you're kind of somewhere between, you know, ranked between maybe 12 to 25 somewhere in there you know and I, I just think that's that's the reality of kind of the expectations you've got uh, for next year so look out man it should be a lot of fun that's amazing to consider <laughs> in such a short amount of time um and I guess I'm there with you in that I am expecting it I I keep trying to check myself and say well why would you expect it good grief you had 
<clears throat> what an eight and five season after a decade for the most part of irrelevancy. Um, and so now all of a sudden you're top 25 preseason. But when you think about what you have returning, particularly on the defensive side of the football, but elsewhere, uh, of course, big picture wise, and you think about already the skins on the wall in a short amount of time with Joey McGuire, why wouldn't you uh, give him a preseason nod, I guess? And I don't know what it means within the Big 12 or, or how they'll live up to that, but Chris, I would almost say that it's uh, maybe 60-40 related to the team and the head coach as to what credit is being given that would lead to you being a preseason top 25. 60% roster, 40% McGuire magic. And maybe I'm shorting Joey McGuire because I just know that he is uh, he's rounding up uh, pundits near and far that are beginning to understand why so many believe in this guy. Do you think that's fair to say? Because I really feel like I've seen some uh, coverage of Coach McGuire as the season has gone on that has more so reflected a, a bought-in kind of perspective. And I don't mean like the, you know, Brett McMurphy's out there running bleachers in the name of Joey McGuire, but I think there's some credibility that he's earned uh, in year number one as it relates to media coverage. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't disagree with that at all. I, I think, and and, the, and you look at it, this is going to be about continuity and stability. And and you're right. I think people kind of now have a feel for who Joey is, the fact that his team improved as the year went along. Yeah. But he's going to keep his staff intact uh, mostly. You know, we'll we'll still keep an eye on on things you just don't know how things will, will play out there but I mean it looks like both coordinators and everybody's going to stay intact and we'll get into some of those kinds of conversations maybe later in the week too because I think you'll see some contract extensions and re you know stuff redone not just with Joey which we saw but yeah. that has that has a big reason why on this stuff too is that you keep continuity and then I think Joey would be the first one to tell you the fact that at least right now they've got Tyler Shuck and Baron Morton back is is a huge reason why there's some expectations there because you you will arguably have you know one of the the top quarterback rooms in the Big Twelve Conference uh, you know and and I think that that certainly you know helps but yeah Joey's just I think people have gotten to see who he is what he's about and I think that's a as big reason as anything uh, because I think you know you look at the program. You've won, you've won back-to-back bowl games, okay, and you've done it in pretty impressive fashion. True. And he he's technically only responsible for the second one, but he was around the you know around the team the first time that it uh, that it took place uh, there in in Memphis. And uh, I just think that you can kind of see a program trending up, and he's the one that's in charge of it. And I think people are starting to see who he is and. I mean, yeah, it, it's uh, he, he's a huge reason why I think you're getting some accolades here for sure. Ooh, that's going to make for a long offseason, my friend, because I can't wait for <laughs> kickoff. What is today? <laughs> How long do we have to go? We got a little while and we've got some uh, other benchmarks to cross as far as spring camp and, you know, this year uh, up until football season. But does the year really even start? Uh, until football season begins I, I can't wait and man well, so and, much good stuff to chew on from year number one and Cowan you know what's crazy is that okay so that they're gonna you know unless something gets tweaked and we'll we should get the big 12 schedule next week I think but you're gonna open up on the road you know in in Laramie Wyoming but <laughs> right. your your first home game I think I'm right there your first home game is going to be against a top 15 ranked or top 10 ranked Oregon team. 
I mean, it, it, and, and that game is going to be like a national if, – if you're ranked like we think, that game is going to be like a kind of a national type game. I mean, which is it, – it's going to be kind of a, hey, this team is still in the national championship hunt. This team is not if you win or lose it kind of thing. It's going to be just wild to see you hit the ground running big time right there if you were able to, to – because I think I have the order right there. I think you you open up in Wyoming. I think your home opener is against uh, is against the Oregon Ducks. So, and, and they're, they're, I think Brett McMurphy had them ranked, I think, uh, eighth or 10th or 11th, somewhere around in there. So, I mean, it, it, there's going to be a lot of expectations about Oregon and like in most cases. So anyway, just, it should be a, should be a fun time. Yeah. I can't wait to get to it. Uh, you got Wyoming September 2nd and the ducks, as you mentioned for your home opener, uh, right back here the following week in Lubbock, September 9th, we're talking September 9th. January 10th, just to give you an idea of how excited we are for round two with Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders. But I got to tell you, I'm also excited for big time opportunity coming up from Ames, Iowa for Mark Adams and company. This is just the kind of situation uh, you could regain some footing from if you're able to be successful. And man, that is a large, large if. Chris, appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoy the call from Hilton Coliseum and hopefully something to enjoy on the floor as well. Yeah, fingers are crossed, man. I uh, just hope these kids uh, fight. It will not be easy winning on the road in this league is never easy. But uh, man, you're about a six, six and a half point underdog tonight. So we'll see what they uh, come up with and we'll see who. Uh, is available tonight that may be the biggest key so uh but uh, yeah enjoyed it keep hope alive and we'll talk to you tomorrow and that keep hope alive especially for all red raider bids basketball players listening to the program which i know they all do so take it to heart and thanks for being out there making text locked on texas tech your first listen every day on youtube or anywhere you get podcasts and make sure you check out locked on podcast network's brand new podcast Locked on college basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops all in one stop. That's locked on college basketball available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. For the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for joining us once again on Locked on Texas Tech. We will see you tomorrow for another round. We'll be chopping up Red Raiders and Cyclones. We'll see how it goes down and discuss it with you on the next episode of Locked on Texas Tech.